Hello, disruptors, innovators, and supply chain enthusiasts. I'm Lee Allison. And I'm Tara Bonetta. Welcome to AI and Supply, empowering change through disruptive innovation. The podcast where we'll unravel the untold stories behind the fusion of artificial intelligence and the supply chain. So buckle up, disruptors. The future of industrial distribution is now, and you're at the forefront. Get ready for AI and Supply, empowering change through disruptive innovation. Let's get this journey going. Hi, everybody, and welcome back for an episode of Tuesday Friday. And we are ready to get this, can I say, party started? Let's do it. All right, so we have a couple very cool things we're going to share with you guys today. Um, The first of these being some tools that can be used in your careers or possibly just for your business, if you have a personal business, that can help you build efficiency and productivity and make your life a whole heck of a lot easier. That sounds great. I can't wait to learn more. So I did a little bit of research this week on typical AI tools that people are using. And then I blended that with my own personal experiences of things that I have actually tried out. The first one that I am going to talk about is Trello. So Trello is actually, Lee, I don't know if you've heard of Trello before. I have not. So great. I'll explain it for everybody then. So Trello is actually an AI tool used for project management and teams that allow you to build team dashboards with things like checklists, due dates, calendars, as well as the actual information that you might actually need for your project. So you can build it out, um, include pictures, um, information from other websites or data, and then use that as a visual guide to complete your project. Well, that sounds very great. So it's got some AI functionality. It allows you to look up information that might support what you have going on for your project. It also makes suggestions on being more productive and allows you to separate and build out things if needed. So say your project starts, but you realize it's actually possibly going to be a three-level project or a three-step project. You can actually separate those out and have different boards for each and connect them all, which I thought was really cool. That is very interesting. The second one that I'm going to go over is called Grammarly. So I don't know how many of you have used Grammarly. Please let us know in the comments if you've used it. But I personally have been using this for several years for business and for personal use as well as my college education. So Grammarly is actually a tool that can be used for uh, grammar and editing as well as writing functionality. So if you're looking to edit a paper, if you're looking to edit possibly a business document, Grammarly can be used for that. It has a functionality for Chrome. It also has a functionality for Windows. So you can have it open in your Windows. It has a plugin. It also has a plugin for Outlook. And then it will actually edit any text box that you have. So whether that be on a website, if it's on a form that you need to fill out, It can even do text messages. Oh, interesting. Well, that sounds great. I've heard many colleagues recommend Grammarly. In fact, 
we provide that to our graduate students. And so they get a subscription to that. It very seems cool. to be very helpful for them. Yeah. So there is, when you mentioned subscription, there is a premium version as well as a version for teams and for business. And then there is a free version. So if you maybe don't want to pay for it and put in the um, dollars right now for testing out AI, you can actually use a free version of Grammarly that works just as well. It's just missing some of those premium things that you get with a paid subscription. Okay. It is very affordable. Um, it has language preferences. So if you're listening from a different country, it can do Indian English, Australian English, Canadian English, British English, and American English. Wow, that's amazing. I think my favorite part of Grammarly is actually the generative AI that is a function of it. So as you're writing, if you need help or you want to see some other options, uh, maybe for that text, it can give you some generated AI suggestions with over a thousand different prompts to help you better create and write. Well, that is very interesting that it actually serves to enhance your own writing and creativity. Yes. And you can set tone. You can set your voice in Grammarly. So if there's a specific way or maybe a brand voice that you have for your social media or for your business, you're also able to use that. Well, that's fantastic. I was traveling recently and I was chatting with someone who is an owner of a financial services company and I was just chatting and so I was inquiring about how she used AI in her role and she was telling me that she uses ChatGPT to help her write policies and then also that she once she gets the policy she'll go back and tweak it and try to get it exactly right for her organization and what she's trying to communicate but kind of going back to what you said with the tone she said that also she would use it for her emails to make sure that communications that she's sending out to the organization are striking the chord that she's really interested in. So kind of ties in That's with that awesome. too. Yeah, it definitely ties in. And I think it's really important to actually see how people are using this in the real world situations. So the fact that, you know, I use AI, I've used AI for a long time, doesn't mean that I'm always uh, using it maybe how other people are using it. So I always like to hear stories like that where it's being used for policy. Um, one thing I would really like to see is how many poly management systems or ISO management systems are actually using AI. I think it has that functionality and would be really good for policy procedures and processes, but I don't think everybody's using it. Definitely would be something that we would want to try out and see how it performs. I think it would do a great job with that. And it kind of leads me into my third one. So I also use Copy AI, which is another uh, language-based writing service that is free or paid, depending on the type of subscription that you want to have. Copy AI is used for writing and publication, as well as brainstorming. So it has multifunctionality. I have used it most for blogging and things like writing articles, but it can also be used for social media posts and creating um, a dialogue or content to share with your audience. I could see probably a lot of marketing applications for that. Yes. And I think that's where uh, they really shine, where Copy AI shines. I think it helps with copywriting as well. So it has a plagiarism checker that is built into the AI that helps cite and make sure that what you actually are saying is not copied. So um, that's the name, I think, Copy AI. Okay, very clever. So I have been using this one for over a year. I actually use it in turn with 
Grammarly and then ChatGTP. So a lot of times I'll do my prompts through ChatGTP. I'll run that document through Grammarly from whatever information I've collected with my own words. And then I actually plug that into Copy AI to get some of the formatting. So it really helps to have three useful tools that can be used in tandem. I don't know how many people are, I call it stacking AI, but I don't know how many are actually doing that. I would love to hear if you're doing something similar. I think that's great. I have heard the reference stacking the AI as well. I have another one kind of rounding out. We did the bot, the girlfriend bot, and maybe we can find another avenue to use these bots, but maybe more productively and positively. We haven't really dug into this idea about the ChatGPT store, but in December, OpenAI did launch the, or open or reveal the ChatGPT store. And that makes it possible now for creators to come on and incentivizes them to come in and make these bots. And so we'll talk a little bit about that maybe later, but I do think that there is a role, not only for these odd kind of applications that we talked about previously on one of our other podcasts, but I think that it's also interesting to learn about what these bots can do for our supply chain and for business. I think that this store is really going to throw the doors open, if you will, in order to let people have customized bots, really adding value to the supply chain. And I think some of these bots could really do great things. I just thought maybe we should explore some of the opportunities for those. So we talked about your Grammarly tool and your copy.ai tool, how this can improve your communication, improve your writing. But I think that there are also some opportunities to improve the supply chain. One of them, I think that is one of the most pressing things that we could tackle for supply chain is the problem of forecasting. Have you ever experienced any issues with forecasting, Tara? I think everybody in supply chain has faced issues with forecasting. I don't think that's unique to just me or you. Have you, Lee? I'm sure you have. Sadly, I have. And so forecasting is a real challenge and it continues to be a challenge. It always has been. And I think it continues to be a challenge. But I do believe that these bots would be perfect for bringing the power of AI into your demand forecasting and the supply chain partners could really create customized chatbot agents specializing in demand forecasting. And these AI models would be able to take your historical data and all of your market trends. If you had any seasonality affecting your product, it could incorporate that. And then these AI models could analyze all of that together and make better predictions for your forecasts. And I think that would really go a long way to optimizing your inventory, helping you mitigate, reduce supply stockouts, avoid overstocking, and just overall improving your inventory management. Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, what better way to use AI, right? Absolutely. Everybody has been on the, the back end of supply chain not working. And I think with forecasting, that's something that we don't talk enough about. It's talked about, but probably not enough, how to actually resolve those problems. In a best case scenario, we wouldn't have the need for 
extreme forecasting, but like we saw with the Suez Canal and other things, you can't always plan for what's going to happen. So Absolutely. I love this use of data reading, data technology and programming to get, you know, your maybe your inputs right or your outputs at a level you need them. I think that's very important. We often hear that people are either not planning enough safety or they have too much safety stock. I could see this really being beneficial for, for that type of need. I think so too. So I think there's several ways that these bots can be used, not only for forecasting, but then also for real-time inventory management also. And the bots could be designed to give constant updates on inventory levels, tracking, and overall stock flows. This would allow better decision-making and also goes to this idea of ensuring efficient inventory management. And then ultimately with the goal of you know, mitigating or altogether reducing disruptions to the extent we can, I guess. So I, I kind of have thought about this a little bit more. I know we had an earlier conversation where we discussed this, but how do you think that is going to affect current software companies that have things like inventory planning or ERP systems? Well, I think that they probably will be incorporating more AI into those suites that they offer. But I do think that that is a question with the GPT store is, is this going to foster bots that are very specific to certain tasks or is the trend going to be something like you kind of are touching on there where maybe these bigger software suite companies uh, incorporate all of these different capabilities into their software and then you just have a general service, software as a service, I guess, as you will, that's using the AI in order to accomplish many different kinds of tasks. I'm not sure how it's going to go. Do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, you know, software is not cheap. It's definitely something that is expensive. And I, I've seen in personal experience, ERP systems, you know, you pay for that service you pay for add-ons for that service, then you pay for help for that service. So, uh, you know, if that goes away, that's that's a lot of jobs, a lot of time, a lot of capital investment that is got to go someplace else. I could definitely see AI maybe furthering what we're doing in a way that there's still an opportunity to make money off that software service. But I think it's going to change jobs for sure. It's going to change how people do this. There are people right now that are dedicated demand planners. I'm sure most businesses have them, forecasters, right? That all they do is data analytics and they look at what is happening trend-wise throughout the supply chain that they're involved with. So that job will not remain the same if this type of AI is it, it will definitely evolve. And I think probably for the better because everybody knows data analysis is very time-consuming and human error happens, and it can have big problems that get escalated, right? Very costly, absolutely. Yeah, extreme cost. And that, with the forecasting too, you know, I could see this potentially changing 3PLs and 4PLs. We didn't really touch on that before, but I could see that changing how those types of logistics business and operations work. Right now, a lot of those, maybe with the 3PLs, you don't really have square footage that you're managing. But with the need, I guess, changing 
of the customer, they're going to have to evolve as well. It will definitely change their scheduling. I wonder if it will make some of those services more accessible to smaller players because it seems oh, yeah. that they often are left out because they can't compete. With the large ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And just in time being such a, a trend, I think for many, this will accelerate that being across the board for a lot of people with forecasting. Uh, and then that takes away, you know, the need for huge warehouses. Makes It creates and makes more circular supply chains. It's so. true, but I do think that a lot of companies right now are worrying about the just-in-case scenarios, especially given the supply chain issues and then what they learned from COVID and then the worries about something like that coming again. So do you think companies should, how much, I guess I should phrase this differently, how much safety stock do you think a company should keep at one time? Do you think it depends on industry? I think the question, the answer is always, it depends, but absolutely as little as possible, but yeah, this is the Goldilocks answer, right? You'd want it just right. Not one yep. bit more, not one bit, <laughs> less. bit less, Yeah, but super hard to like nail that down. It is. I think every group, that's kind of what I was trying to get through to you with the question is every group, every business, every industry is going to be different from what that yeah, for sure. Well, and then impacted differentially based on what's going on in the world, where they are, what their products are, how their products are moving, and those kinds of things. And what their supply chain network design looks like as well. And yes, what their partners are doing. So I think that's another thing, right, is uh, maybe we could also use these bots to improve our communication with all of our partners and then track our partners and understand more what their their risks are, how stable they are, and what our entire network looks like as some of these things are going on that really can be uh, disruptive. I agree, yes. I think communication in itself is risk avoidance, right? We, we try to mitigate that as best we can, but this type of forecasting will also allow for extended risk avoidance when it comes to those problems that you're talking about with partners. Yeah, you know, for sure. I think, I think you mentioned before, like the, the three chance rule. So like you get the first chance, if you mess that up, it's a problem. Second chance, you mess that up, it's, it's a bigger problem. And third chance, like loyalty and confidence is, is dramatically and drastically down. Um, yeah. So if you run out of product, your customers just, they definitely will not forgive you past three times, I think is the standard uh, rule of thumb, but it could be, you don't even get three chances. And once your customer has established new relationships and new habits, it's very detrimental and difficult to reestablish that relationship. Yeah. I saw an example of that over the holidays. Really? Uh, yeah. Actually at Target, funny enough, big box store, but uh, the Stanley trend. Oh, the Stanley. The Stanley trend, which funny enough, I know is, was a blue collar kind of worker brand before this, but I think Stanley has put in the work to kind of change that image. So a lot of the work that's being done with our influencers, with their social media, and now they have become a new trend. So the new trend is pretty much everybody owns a Stanley. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't have one, but. I don't either. I, I can't spend the 40 or $50 on a Stanley. Uh, that just seems unreasonable to me for a cup, but I might be one of those outliers out there. 
Uh, I know that in my daughter's fourth grade class, everybody right now has a Stanley. And she made, <laughs> made the comment to me of, am I going to get a Stanley? And I said, Ugh, not right now. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about value and what you're actually getting. So uh, I did see in Target over the holidays that the Stanleys were all gone. There was not a single Stanley on the shelf. Typically, those are on end caps or a special area for, for that brand because, you know, as many of us realize, you pay for the absolutely real estate that you're getting in a store. And Stanley definitely is on an end cap in home goods in the home area of the store, which is not right up front next to the door. So people do have to walk through and look for other things while they're shopping, which I'm sure is part of Target's direction for this. But I saw several times people running through the store to, to find these Stanleys only to be very disappointed. When uh, there. Womp womp. Womp womp womp. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you get on TikTok, if you get on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, I'm sure if you scroll, you see people fighting over Stanleys and the craziness that is. It is story. crazy. But, I mean, how many people did I see? Probably five or six go in there for a Stanley and didn't get one. You know, at several different stores, I've seen this. So, you know, Stanley really has to up their game. They've created a, a trend that may or may not be sustainable for them. Based on That's their- right. That's right. So they're not getting it in the Goldilocks way just right. But this is another opportunity. So maybe they could engage these chatbots in order to help manage their inventory or manage their inventory replenishment information and communicate that down when inventory levels uh, start falling below predefined thresholds. And that way we wouldn't have target brawls over the Stanleys. <laughs> we might still have them, but maybe they wouldn't. Be These bots bad. could just be saving, saving the target aisles and keeping them all free from chaos and disorder. Well, and I think it's interesting too. It's not the first cup that's kind of gone viral. I mean, we've had, Ozark, and then there was Turvis, and there was Yeti, and now Stanley. And I know these brands have been around for a really long time, but I think when they are projected in this way that they are, and they go viral, and it becomes a trend, it's so hard for these businesses to keep up. And funny That's enough, I saw, a, I saw a joke about it um, scrolling on my phone as I do late at night when these children I have are asleep. <laughs> we all need downtime, right? Absolutely. But uh, it was a joke about the Stanley Cup and the value of the Stanley Cup. So there was a Stanley Cup talking to the other cups in this cabinet. He got shoved in the back of the cabinet. And there was a Yeti and a Ozark and I believe a Turvis. They were all standing there talking. And he was like, why did I get the Stanley? I was like, why did I get put in the cabinet of no return? And they were like, welcome to your new situation, buddy. There's always somebody (laughs) new just around the corner. (laughs) <laughs> and this Stanley just could not understand why he was, he was like, I'm the most expensive one. Like I'm worth so much more than you all. And they were kind of like, yeah, okay. You're Let just the flavor you. of the week, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flavor of the week. Let us introduce you to the, the real OG of cost value. Right. And out walks a hospital. Oh. And it just made me laugh so hard because I mean, really, I still use mine and it is there you go. The, mom the most yeah, most expensive cup I've ever purchased. You know, that two or three thousand dollar 
flavor. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but it works. And I, it, I mean, I paid for it. So I used it's it, the job done. That's right. Got to awesome. got to get your fluids in. Yeah. Water all day, every day. No, I probably should drink more water. I, but it's just, it goes to show, you know, you spend that money on a trend. It is a trend. We know it's a trend, but it may be a really good product. But yes. at that time, it is a good product, it, but just a fad, a passing yeah, fad. It's a passing fad right now. And I think their, their brand image has changed. I think they went up in sales from 40 or $50 million a year to over $750 million a year. That's astonishing. In just a short, short phase from this new brand image that they have, because it was always a working man's brand. Absolutely. Um, but this forecasting, these AI, they, they may need to help Stanley out because I can see this going very poorly if trend stays the same and level does not increase of product. All right, Lee, do you have anything else for today? I encourage all of our listeners to go out and try some of these tools and report back to us. And we maybe if you share with us on our polls or our social media, we can feature you on the show. 100%. We would love to do that. If you have something that you're using for your job, your business, or at home that involves AI and is making your life more efficient and productive, please let us know. We'd love to try it out on the show and hear your feedback. Try it out. Try it out Tuesday. All right, guys, that is going to be it for tonight or today or this afternoon. We are so thankful that you have spent your time with us listening to us talk about AI and the supply chain. See you soon, guys. Thanks so much. Peace. Bye.